0: Hello and welcome to the show. Before we get started as usual, I ask that you go to www.iamnecessary.org and I Am Necessary is all one word. Find the radio button, those three dots at the top, click it and when you find the donate link, make that donation. Like I said, uh, it's Thanksgiving and Christmas time so every little thing that I get around this time goes back to those in need. So help your boy out. I wanted to do this little preload to this episode because it has quickly become one of my favorites, only because the amount of courage it took for this young man to come forward with his story. So this is an uh, unusually long episode, but I'm telling you right now, you will not want to pause it or stop it it's pretty powerful a lot of good stuff as usual so enjoy and thanks again for tuning in hello and welcome to the i am necessary podcast as always this is your guy and host marcel and uh today this evening actually i got a treat i got my boy Marcus Atwood. So, and Mark, we'll get into Marcus in a minute, you know, all his team at Wood skateboarding and whatnot. But this is how the universe works. So I hadn't seen Marcus in forever. And then I think uh, last time I saw you was at one of them T.Y.
1: T-Y yeah, T.Y.'s T-Y birthday party.
0: Birthday. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. And then, uh, you know, so we connected, whatever. And then I think it was Eddie Broussard might have hit me. Yep. And he was like, hey, man, uh, Marcus reached me, and he's trying to reach you, trying to get on your platform, woonty, woonty, woont. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so we hit and miss a little bit. But the cold part is, every you left footprints everywhere you went. And what I mean by that is, I hadn't seen you nowhere, right? But then everything I started doing, I saw your footprints. And what I mean by that is, uh, I give you a classic example. Kareem KG Gedra, Who? the director. Kareem Gedra, the director. Yeah, yeah, yeah me and yeah, him yeah. just finished the project, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I'm so, you know, I just hooked up with, with uh KG. So I'm of course I'm following him and everything. Yeah. And then I see when I see his post, you you already done liked it. Right. So I'm like yeah. now the, the footprints are starting to connect. Like now I'm seeing you. In places, A, I never seen you before, or I never really looked, or you never tapped my radar, but that's a part of your story now, right? <laughs> because of who you are now and the energy that you put out attracts the right energy. And so here we are. And all I want to do is, like, I use my platform for this purpose, right? Especially uh, soil mates, you know, being from Vallejo and anybody trying to do anything i'm all for it right because i know what it's like having all my own stuff uh and i don't you know everybody's gonna do what they're gonna do but when it comes to the support factor it's like oh okay <laughs> i thought okay my bad you know that's my fault for putting an expectation on anybody to try to support what i'm doing but i mean when i do these podcasts if one person listens that's a success for me because I don't do it for them. I do it for me.
1: You know, this is about
0: me. So, uh, man, I don't even know where to begin with you. First of all, why don't you uh, take us to the the beginnings, right? Take us to, take us through before we get into the skateboarding and, you know, I'm a big fan of your boy, your son, all of that stuff. I want to paint this picture of you because I know a lot of 707 folks, it's going to be their first time. Like, man, I never yeah. even knew that, right? Because yeah. you know, I remember before you, let me I'm gonna unload you in a second but, you know, when I think it was T.Y., somebody told me, he was like, yeah, Mark's, man, he he been on the road, man, that man, you know, he don't drink no more. He, I didn't even know you drank anyway. I didn't know none of that, yeah. right? But he don't yeah. drink no more. But when someone tells you somebody don't drink no more, that means there's a reason, there's a story behind that, the fact that they even led with that so
1: yeah.
0: uh i'm gonna turn it, turn it over to you man and i want you to just uh give us a little bit of the, of the background and tell us a little bit about your journey
2: yeah shout out shout out to ty entertainment like uh he like a mentor to me you feel me uh we done we done did some stuff together we done you know what i mean we really done touch that elbows you feel me and um He's he he's a mentor. He gives me good encouragement, you know. what I'm saying motivation and whatnot. And he he's one of our sponsors. So mm-hmm. you know, shout out to uh, T Y. Um, okay, so yeah, man, I'm Marcus Atwood. Feel you know I me? Mean? It all started for me in South Vallejo, South Vallejo Palisades. But trust and know this: I'm seven oh seven to the heart Vallejo. <laughs> I love here, my here. city. Period. Feel me? So it started off in Palisades, you know what I mean, across the uh, overpass from Beverly Hills. So, you know, I'm an Atwood, right? So my name is a bell ringer just on my last name, right? Because nice. I got, you know, six other siblings ahead of me. You know, the closest mm-hmm. sibling is a five years elder, which is Angie, you know my what girl. I mean? And then, <laughs> and then the ages go further up from that you feel me i got yeah. siblings as old as 12 you know what i mean 12 years older you you know so my name my last name was already in the fabric of the vallejo history you know right, what i'm saying right. yeah. so but it was something that i didn't really have knowledge of based on i came out of a uh i came as a way of a complex situation I was born from an extramarital affair. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So my dad was married and he had an affair and with my mom. So there I was born, you know what I mean? And so that made a complex situation, you know what I mean? And with that, um, a lot of separation was put forward. Um, I really didn't know that side of my family until my later years. Like, a lot of people was like, yeah, man, I remember you from Beverly Hills. Woo, 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 woo. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You know what yeah. I mean? But that's just yeah. show. A lot of people like to talk, and hear they sell talk. You know what, mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I can't even tell you what that house looked like, let alone the inside of that house. Feel you know mm-hmm. me? All I know is that they lived right next door or right by Kevin Dean. You feel me? Mm -hmm. But I don't don't know nothing about that household. You know what I mean? I grew up in Palisades. You feel me? Over the overpass at the other end of the magazine. Right? So, you know, it was a a lot of issues and red tape around that. Right? And so my grandmother, God bless her soul, Miss Atwood, Evelyn Atwood, at the time, she was living in uh, Millersville, right there on Calaveras. Calaveras and Florida street. And that was my connection. That was my connection to the Atwood side of me. You know what I'm saying? Um, And truthfully, you know, my siblings at first, they didn't even know who I was like Angie, Andre Lamont. They didn't, they didn't even know who I was in a young tender age. You know what I'm saying? Until, you know, I started taking features very fast at a young age, right? Wow. So it was like, dang, wait a minute, Grandma. Like, you told us this is a kid that you babysitting, but he looked just like Dad. You feel
0: me? <laughs>
2: and so, you know, the lie couldn't be protected.
0: You Welcome know, to Vallejo.
2: Vallejo's <laughs> a small community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, all through my school years, when people would find out my last name, they'd be like, oh, Patsy, your mama? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, that's that's not my mama. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, again, you know, it was a complex situation. And with that, you know, um, it affected me. It affected me to the fact that I had this insatiable desire to be connected to that side of my family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, with the restraints that was put up, I think that made me want it even more. You know what I'm saying? To the fact fact that um, my dad never raised me. My dad never raised me. You know what I'm saying? He had had an old another family that he was, you know, taking care of and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? So I was basically estranged. So, but at four years of age, a man stepped into the picture, right? And all hats off to him and blessings. He's still with my mama to this day. So from four years old to I'm now 51, you know what I mean? This man Mm -hmm. has been in my life and he's still married today to my mom. They're about to celebrate 40 years of marriage. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's a blessing. But however... It wasn't easy for him, and I didn't make it easy for him because I was blocked off because I wanted my daddy. I mm-hmm. wanted that wood. You know what I mean? You feel me? So, wanting that, I put a wall up to this, and and looking at this, I couldn't see this. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I couldn't appreciate what God had put in my life. You know what I mean? At a young, it, it wasn't until. I got sober, bro. And I took this process to getting sober. Did I now be able to look back and see how I was blessed with a father figure? You know what I'm saying? No, he wasn't everything. What I wanted him to be in a father, but he was what he knew how to be. You know what I'm saying? From what he was taught, from what he was taught to be by his stepfather he was raised by his stepfather so he repeated what he learned you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and so he was only able to do and willing to do what he knew and not something different you know what I'm saying and so I was a different kind of a kid you know what I mean Um, he was there uh, financially and disciplinary but the mental uh, emotional extracurricular you know what I'm saying like how I am with my son, that wasn't there. That wasn't in play. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. the kind of kid that I that I that I was. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, it was again. It wasn't until I got older and I took the twelve step process and started getting sober on my journey, was I able to understand and not have a grudge, and 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 that resentment went away because it was it was ill-gotten. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. it was unrealistic and it was delusional. You know what I'm saying? He did the best he knew how. You know what I mean? And he was a hardworking man. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And he pro- he provided. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, but going back into my childhood. So, boom, right? So I'm living in Palisades, growing up in South Vallejo, you know what I mean? Growing up with like Galen and Chucky Gaines. Dickie Gaines, uh, <laughs> geez,
0: um, Gayla's my cousin.
2: You feel me? Yeah, um, uh, uh, Derek Diller, honey, his brother, the dog, the,
0: dog, the real dog whisper.
2: <laughs> you feel me? Montoya Graham, Deidre mm-hmm. Graham, uh, Elijah means rest in peace, Stevie means, um, uh, just the whole south of Leo, You feel me? So I grew mm-hmm. up in that era, Grant Street, Grant Store. You know what I'm saying? The little store on fifth street i went to grant elementary school right so
0: pause don't lose your thought don't lose your thought for a second this is something you know a lot of people don't know i lived on grant street (laughs) right i was on grant street in some apartments from age zero to about seven and then we bounced over to uh college park so all this is coming. Palisades was right on top of us, right across the over there.
2: So you was right there at Grant in yeah. Magazine.
0: Yep.
2: You know yep. what I'm saying? Because they got apartments on both sides of Magazine right there. You feel I me? Mean? So, right. so okay, I'm going to Grant School and I got a situation that happens, right? While, while going to Grant School, so I'm about maybe six, seven years old, right? And uh, I'm sexually molested. I'm Mm -hmm. sexually molested by the babysitter's son. Stay right there on Fifth Street uh, across from Dallas Beck, right? And so, and it happened not once, not twice, but more than three times, right? To the point that, you know what I mean? I got, you know, PTSD with that. You know what I'm saying? Trauma with that, right? But nobody knew about this. Nobody knew what happened because I kept it inside. But it ate me up. It ate me up inside because I got questions going on inside of my head. Now I'm dealing with the fact that my daddy ain't messing with me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm estranged from this Atwood. I really don't even know yet about this Atwood side of my family. But all I know is my daddy ain't there. You know what I'm saying? And so now I got issues. You know what I'm saying? My mom, you know, she got, you know, anger uh, with, you know, how my daddy getting down. So who's the person that that's going to come out to? The kid. Especially I'm looking like my daddy. You know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And I love my mama. My mama is my queen. You feel me? My mama done been the hell and back with me. You feel me? Like, she's my number one fan, and I love my mama, you know? Growing up in them eras in the black community, there wasn't a lot far as emotional intelligence. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. And
2: emotional stability, right? And so you know, they did the best that they knew. You know what I mean? Did it come out at times? Yes, it did. You know what I mean? Did it still mean I had an effed up childhood? No, I still had a good childhood. You feel me? It's just some things happened along the way. You know what I'm saying? And so, again, going back to that, so I got this situation that's been happening. My dad done, you know what I mean? He ain't messing with me or nothing or whatnot. So now I got I got trust issues. I got abandonment issues. Now I got abuse issues. You know what I'm saying? And so now... I got these questions going on inside my head that they just I, I can't shut them off, right? So the questions is like, why did this happen to me? What mm-hmm. made you dude do this to me? Am I gay? Am I straight? You know what I'm saying? Like, what brought this on? Feel you know I me? Mean? So these questions, they just continue to swirl because they unanswered questions, right? To the point that they now become like demons, right? So, yeah, so I went to Vallejo Jr., right? I went to Vallejo Jr., and that's where life changed. That's where life started changing, right? Because before I, before I, uh, my sixth grade summer, getting ready to start seventh grade. I sneak away from church, Friendship Baptist Church, right? And I go to a girl's house. Well, you know what happens next. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sex happens, right? So, when I I ain't get the birds and the bees conversation or none of that. All I know is I participated in this behavior and the next thing you know, I got a good ass feeling, right? Right. So, now I got this good-ass feeling, and guess what? All them questions that I had in my head, they went quiet, right? So I was like, "Damn, sex, no demons, right? Boom. So now, okay, but guess what? A few days after that, the demons come back. The questions mm. come back. So now, oh, I got to get some more sex. I got to <laughs> have some more sex, right? So, boom. So now, this come about. So, what started off as recreation and a new experience turned into an addiction. Mm. So, I had a sex addiction in junior high school. In my junior high years, I... Became addicted to sex. But here's the kicker, right? I didn't even like it, right? I didn't even like it because from what happened to me, I felt dirty in my skin. You know what I'm saying? And so all I knew is that it was a it was a behavior that quieted this. And I did get a good feeling from it. But what it was supposed to be about, that's not what it was about. You know what I'm saying? So now I become abusive with it, right? Because now I learn how to manipulate. So now these are learned behaviors through what I didn't experience uh, growing up in my elementary years. So now junior high, I start practicing it, right? From these experiences, now I start on, homing in because now, guess what? these is my survival skills, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Because now I'm in a defense mode because I'd have been violated by my daddy. I'd have been violated by the babysitter's son. And in the midst of this, I'd have been abandoned. I let my uncle come in. My uncle got out of state prison. My dad's brother, he got out of state prison, moved in with my grandmother in Millersville. And then he beat a life sentence. So he got out, right? I can remember one of the only times of interacting with my daddy. My daddy took me to uh, San Quentin State Prison. Imagine that.
0: Hmm. And how old were you?
2: I was elementary school age. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And he took me there to see my uncle, right? Boom. And so my uncle ends up getting out of state prison, right? He gets out of state prison. And uh he, you know what I'm saying? He comes, he comes home. Boom. So he ain't really got no structure. All you know he he had my grandmother's the parole, this is when the parole was over there by the courthouse. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yep. And so he had parole or whatnot, right? So he got a lot of time on his hands. Guess what? By this time, Grant school done closed down. So I'm now using grandma's address, and I'm going to Highland with Auntie Betty. Mm. You feel me? I'm going to Highland with Auntie Betty. So now I'm spending a lot of time in the field. So now I meet K1, Kiwi. I meet Ratio, Alfonso Petty,
0: Black. Yeah. Beast,
2: Marcel. You know what I'm saying? Peter and Kenny Carbolito, you know what I mean? I'm meeting the cats in the field because I'm living in the field. You know what I mean? I'm like that Mm -hmm. little kid on Friday, Chris, you know what I mean? On the dirt bike where they're like, I'm going to beat your ass when I catch up to you. I was that little kid in the neighborhood. You feel me? I Mm -hmm. live. My auntie Betty Betty lived right there on Louisiana Street, directly across the street from K1 and Lisa Brown. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm in the Ville now, going to, going to Highland. You know what I'm saying? But I still got my, you know what I mean? My a You know what I mean? So, bam, right? So now I'm in the Ville. I'm spending a lot of time with my uncle. My uncle walking me to school, picking me up from school, playing baseball with me, throwing, you know, playing catch. Now I remember... I'm that kid that yearned for this kind of stuff.
0: You yeah, being injected. So You're being injected right now.
2: <laughs> so, quite naturally, I'm. You feel me? I'm latched on. You know what I mean? Because this is what I want. And he Atwood too. You feel me, man? We was inseparable. Everybody thought that my uncle was my daddy, because we was around each other so much. You feel me? So I'm growing up in Friendship Baptist Church. You feel me? I'm growing up in a in, uh, Friendship Baptist church. Um, he comes and joins Friendship because that's where I'm at. And I'm active in church. I'm going to the youth department. I'm in the usher. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm growing up active, not just a church goer, but I was a church member. You know what I'm saying? In the church, right? My grandma lived right across the street from uh, Friendship Baptist church. So I'll get up in the mornings on Sunday and walk across the street to the Sunday school at the parish house. You feel me? Like, so boom. So me and Uncle is like we think it in thieves, right? Boom. You know, I'm I done made this connection, male connection, to my Atwood side, right? So boom. So Little League, everything is going good or whatnot. So now that's elementary school years. So now I hit junior high. Right? Boom. Now, I'm not knowing that behind the scenes, my uncle and my mom got something going on. Right? Hmm. So, boom, right? But as a kid, I kinda I kinda you know what I mean, knew something because they would always go to the back room. They would always, you know what I mean? So I knew right, something, but right. I just didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't know, right? So when my mom made the decision that she wasn't gonna leave my pops, the one who raised me, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that it wasn't gonna come to fruition far as them. So well, my uncle, he you know he gone about his ways. He meet a woman. He meet a woman, and they start having a life together, right? So as they start having a life together, he start distancing himself from me, right, right. right? To the point that now I'm in junior high. I'm at Vallejo Junior, and I'm not, only time I'm hearing from him is when I done did something wrong, right? So now I got resentments with him. I'm like, I don't even hear from you no more. You know (laughs) what I mean? You only hit me up to, to what, check me about something or whatnot? Like, I'm like, man, I ain't, you know what I mean? So now I got anger. And now I got resentments. Because basically now, I done opened myself up to you and now you done got what you needed out of me and now you done wadded me up like a piece of trash and threw me to the curb. But I'm not knowing what's the under underlying uh, current. You feel me? I don't mm-hmm. find this out till an adult. You know what I mean? Me and him had like a two-hour sit-down talk. You feel me? Because I was getting ready to Open up on him, and this is since I've been sober. And we was at my where my dad was in a care home over by Hogan. And he was like, No, we ain't gonna do this here. Cause he seen I was ready to give it to him. You know what I mean? So he mm-hmm. was like, Nah, we're gonna go outside and have this talk, right? So we had we went outside and we talked, and then that's when I found out, you feel me, that you know, his wife made him make a choice, you know what I mean. His, wow. Well, his girlfriend at the time, who late, later became his wife, she made him make a choice. Like, either you, either you pick him, your nephew, or you pick me because of what she felt as far as my mama. You know what I'm saying? So she made mm-hmm. him make an ultimatum on his own nephew, right? Now, mind you, this is adults getting down but who is the one that's paying the consequence? The kid. right? That's innocent to the mess, to the chaos. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So, bam. So now, now I got even deeper abandonment issues. I got deeper trust issues, right? So now, in my mentality, everybody that I let come into my life, they hurt me. Right. So now I ain't let nobody in. I ain't let nobody in. But mind you, I was this happy-go-lucky kid. See me at church? I'm smiling. Um, you know what I mean? I, I was, you know, people friendly. Right the and everything yeah. they love me. They love me mm-hmm. at the church. They love me at Kentwig Bowling Alley. We grew up in <laughs> Kentwig in the bowling alley. Junior Bowlers with Greg Powell. You know what I'm saying? Aaron Caddies. <laughs> You hey, I me? Mean? Yeah. Hey rap. You, you did. So you see growing up I was interacting with a Juan Wilson. You feel me? I was interacting with a lot of cuz Vallejo was a small tight-knit community. You see? So yeah. so boom, right? But mind you, nobody knew what was behind the door that I grew up in. You see hey. what I'm saying? Because when, because when I stepped outside, I was always dressed nice. My mama dressed me nice. You feel me? And I was that happy-go-lucky kid. You feel me? But I was a chameleon, and I was an actor.
0: Had to you know be. You saying? learned that,
2: yeah. Right. But really, I was torment. I was in inner torment within myself. And then I grew up in confusion because. You know, my mom, she would always compare me. Like, why you can't be like Montoya? Why you can't be like Orlin? Why you can't be like Tracy? Is there another? And I and he gave me a, a, a complex. And I was like, well, who am I? Mm-hmm. Who am I? So I grew up. Shit. Atwoods don't want me. You know what I mean? So I grew up. In, but I got this last name where I'm at Vallejo Jr. Kids is walking up to me. Oh. You Atwood, oh, you related to such and such. Oh, you related to the Borlows, right? And I'm like, mm, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. But when they walk off, I'm feeling like shit. I'm feeling dumb because I don't even know who they're talking about. <laughs> These people know more about my my family history than I do. You feel me? Yeah. So I'm 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 feeling like a clown, really within myself. Here it is. I'm wearing this last name and I don't know nothing about it. You know what I mean? So, I grew up mentally just like so everywhere I could go was a place that I could try to hide and be something who I thought people wanted me to be. You know what I mean? At church cuz everybody everybody thought I was the church boy. I was, you know what I mean? Cuz I grew up. Yeah. Everybody knew I was very active in church. so mm-hmm. people were like, you know what I mean? Like, he's a church kid. You know what I'm saying? Woo-woo-woo, right? But, and they were shocked. When it started getting around in Vallejo, I had started going to jail, going to prison. They was like, what? Like, <laughs> where did that come from? Right? But not knowing the fabric. Not knowing really what was going on in the years that it it was only inevitable. It was only inevitable that I was going to go the route that I went. You know what I'm saying? Mm
1: -hmm. And so,
2: so Vallejo Jr., I started acting out, right? I started wilding. Man, I was in trouble every other week. Every other week, I was in trouble getting suspended. I was just acting out, right? Because... What I came to find out is I had paralleled and connected trouble with love, right?
0: Because, wow, that's powerful, powerful
2: right there. Because inside the house that I grew up with, right? It's like we had our own apartments. My sister, Marquita, my sister, Maisha, she, Marquita in her room. Her world, my in her room, her world, and then me in my world, and in my room, and then my parents, right? So it's like we all had our own little apartments, our own little world, right? And the only time that Marcus, and see, I was the middle child. The middle child is the Lost Syndrome. You know what I'm saying? So I'm in between two girls. I'm in between Marquita, I'm in between Myesha. You know what I'm saying? And so now I grow up. I mean, I'm like. The lost child. You know what I mean? Because I'm in this mental state of confusion of, I don't even know who I am. Because I'm supposed to be like this kid and this kid and this kid. So I don't even have the room to find out who am I. You know what I'm saying? So, so boom, right? So again, I parallel because the only attention I got in the house was when I was getting in trouble. When I was getting in trouble, you know what I'm saying? Marcus, stop. Marcus, get out of my room. Market stop. You know what I'm saying? That's the only time I'm being acknowledged. So I'm like, okay. So my warped mentality, trouble, attention. You know what I'm saying? Trouble, attention. So I stayed acting out. Stayed the class clown. You know what I'm saying? If you look up the word class class clown, it would have a picture of Marcus Atwood. You know what I'm saying? So, boom. Because I had this insatiable desire to be accepted. I wasn't accepted by Atwoods. I ain't accepted in my house. You know what I'm saying? Accepted at. You feel me? So now, my mom is like, man, what's going on with my son? Right? Like, so... She put me in counseling, right? She put me in counseling. And the counseling started working, right? I started, like, opening up, right? Miss Garcia, it started. She, she was making way with me, right? We was going, then we was going to family counseling, right? Me, my mom, you know what I'm saying? My dad that raised me, you know what I'm saying? I don't like to use that word step, you know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You
2: know, that's my father you know my biological that's my dad right mm-hmm. so so anyway so we go into uh counseling right and then all of a sudden counseling is stopped right I don't know why I don't I mean it's not till later did I find out that my mom stopped it because the stuff that was being talked about was boomeranging and it was hitting my dad and he (laughs) couldn't deal. He didn't want to, you know what I mean? So ultimately my mom stopped the the counseling. And I was like, dang. But the counseling was for me. (laughs) Feel me? So even in that he couldn't deal with it, then he shouldn't have had to go, and you should have kept me in it. You know what I mean? Because it was it was making leeway. You know what I'm saying? So, I create an image and a mask to hide behind. Because really, I'm just a scared little kid inside. You know what I'm saying? That's lost. That has no direction, no identity. You know what I'm saying? So, boom. I go off into the streets, and I start you know, finding who I think Marcus is. And who I think Marcus is, I think Marcus is a D-boy. You know what I'm saying? I think Marcus is a drug dealer. Feel me? Because I see them. They got the cars. They got the women. They got the attention. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's who I, I want to be. I'm in the streets, and this is what I'm doing. And my dad told me, he said, man, you're going to get so far in the streets that you ain't going to know how to get back. And that was the truth. You know what I'm saying? I got picked up in front of Woody's. That used to be Mayuki's in the Sassoon Marina. Yeah. Oh, if I tell you what I did, if I, I turned in the thriller. I turned in the thriller and went Zulu on Teresa. Oh, my God. Dude. I took her keys. Cussed her out in the parking lot. Went in my Yukis. Uh, that's when uh 40 and them was coming out. You know what I'm saying? And my sister was with had just got with Danail. You know what I'm saying? So I had seen them earlier in the day at the barbershop. Mac Sean and them, and it was like, Man, we're gonna be at Woody's, you feel me? Come up there. Doo-doo-doo. Teresa was in the barbershop with me. So when we left there, she was like, You going out, huh? You going out. I'm like, man, yep going out. like, I'm on the run too. Man, I'm not just sitting up in the house. I'm going out. You know what I mean? Right? So She tripping with me. Man, I get to, we get to Sassoon. I do the fool in the parking lot. I get up on the hood of her car. She's sitting in the car. I started relieving myself on the hood of her car. She's like, oh, my God. Like, oh, you feel me? Like some straight weirdo psycho shit. You feel me? This is my truth. This is, you know what I'm right. saying? Right? Yeah. So, boom. So, now this is where my past, right? So, one day, I pull up on South LA on Fifth Street. I pull up in front of the babysitter house. And when I pull up in front of the babysitter house, the babysitter's son is coming out the front door, and I'm, I'm, I'm like this out the driver's side, but I've pulled up on the curb, going the wrong direction of traffic. So the driver's side is next to the curb, right? So I'm sitting there in front of the house, and I got this pistol laying on my arm, right. And I'm like, man, I should blow your fucking brains out. You know what I'm saying? For what you did to me, right? But something inside of me said, though, I said, his mama don't deserve that. And he gonna get his. He gonna get his. And I drove off. I drove off, right? Years later, Come to find out that he that he died, and he died from AIDS, HIV. Boom, God did it. If I woulda if I woulda did that, that was two birds and one stone. Me shooting him, yeah. maybe maybe killing him, right? And then me twenty five to life. And twenty five to life. I don't got no kids. No team atwood skateboarding. None of this what's going on right now would even exist because I'd be serving 25 to life for killing him. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So God had a purpose. God had a plan. Just like what you was talking about in your video today that I had seen and I put in my story. You know what I'm saying? I had to go through everything that I went through. You know what I'm saying? Becoming an alcoholic. Right? I became an alcoholic First, I was a pothead, and then it graduated to the alcohol because I stopped smoking weed. Well, guess what? I don't even realize that I got addictive personality disorder, right? So what that looks like is anything that gives me a good feeling, I want more of it. So that's how sex became an addiction. That's how gambling became an addiction. Gambling sets off the same endorphins, the same rush as doing powder cocaine. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know that until years down the line, right? So all my life, I ran from feelings to chase a feeling. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So not knowing that I had a hole in my heart and I was all my life, I was looking outside of myself to, to fill that hole. You know what I'm saying? So I was looking, I was trying to treat a spiritual problem with a physical solution, right? Wow. And it didn't work. You know what I'm saying? It only gave me momentarily satisfaction at best. But then with this addictive personality disorder, I want more. I want more. And I want more to the point that now I become dependent. You know what I mean? I become dependent on it. So when I stopped smoking the weed, I stopped smoking the weed when I was uh, in the pen in 2006 going in the pen right so i get now mind you i don't smoke no weed i don't i don't do nothing while i'm in there but when i get out pick up that alcohol in 2008 i pick up the alcohol and i drink boom it take off because it's been inside of me hibernating right so it's never better it's always worse So it picks up where it left off and then it escalates. You see what I'm saying? And so now I'm drinking. I'm drinking heavily. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, I always, you know, sipped a little or whatnot. But now, because I'm not, I'm still not smoking weed. I have stopped smoking weed for like seven years, seven, eight years. And then when I went back to the weed, I tried to go back to the weed to slow me down from the drinking. It was too late. It was too late. I was already full blown on the alcohol. It was it was over. You know what I'm saying? And so and so boom, right? So my life just it was a a, a revolving door. I got married, mind you, between 97 between 97 and 2002, I got married three times. (laughs) Three times. Twice while I was in jail. You know what I'm saying? The third marriage, the, the ink on the paper wasn't even dry on the divorce papers. And I got married to my third wife in Reno. You know what I'm saying? Because women was a drug. Women was a drug. Women was a, a a false sense of confidence. You know what I'm saying? Because all my life, I've been able to acquire bad females, nice looking females, females that got everything going on. You know what I'm saying? But mind you, I ain't got a pot to piss in, I ain't got a pot to piss in, nor a window to throw it out of. You know what I mean? And my mom used to always ask, she'd ask, she's like, man, how you get all these nice women with everything going on? Everything going on, and you ain't got kick going on for yourself. You know what I mean? Manipulation. Manipulation. Gift to gab. You know what I'm saying? And can talk. But here's the thing. I know that the dream that I sell, it's only going to sell for so long and then it's going to become a nightmare so now I'm like a a, a vampire a bone collector right so mm-hmm. I, I, I latch on the women right suck the life out of them right and I only let them go once I find my next pick right
1: mm-hmm. and then
2: I grab on to this one and now I let that body go because I already sucked them dry you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's a it's it's a pattern. It's a cycle to where now I'm going in and out of prison. And my mom was like, dang, every time you go to prison, you go to prison with a new girlfriend, right? Because I'm living in these patterns where the female that did the time with me, I get out and I'll rock with her for like maybe... Two months tops, if she lucky, right? Cause mind you, I ain't did shit while I was in prison. You know what I mean? I just sold a bunch of lies, like what I did before I went to prison. You know what I'm saying? But I ain't did nothing to implement change. You know what I'm saying? I read a lot of self-help, a lot of self-help books. I read a lot of self-help books, but guess what? I only use that for manipulation, right? Because information without application there's no transformation
0: Word. Period. Word.
2: period you feel what I'm saying <laughs> so now I'm believing I'm believing my own lies that, that I'm selling right get this get this so when I get out and you know what I'm saying I'm not living up to what I didn't wrote in these letters, what I didn't this dream that I didn't sold, right? This picture, perfect picture that I didn't painted, of uh, how life gonna be when Marcus Atwood get out, right? So now a month passed, and you know I'm I'm kicking it. I, all I wanna do is kick it and hang out or not, and then like, hey, I thought you said you was gonna, hey. I thought you said you was going, but you said you was going to do this, you know <laughs> I mean, right? So, so now I'm mad. I'm mad because you calling me out on shit that I told you that I was going to do, and you only calling me out because I ain't doing what I said I'm going to do. And so now I got nerve to be mad at you for calling me out because I ain't living up to what I said I was going to do. Ain't that crazy?
1: Mm. You know
2: what I'm saying? Right? So now, I don't want to deal with this, right? So what am I doing? I'm looking for escape now. So now, I got to find another female, right? Another female that don't know my patterns. (laughs) That don't know my movements. (laughs) See, I can can be honest about me. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? Mm. And and you don't know so cold. I am my daddy's son. You feel me? I'm the seventh and last kid, and I got more of him than any of the Atwoods, any of them. You feel me? Hands down. You know what I'm saying? And so, boom, right? So now I'm in this cycle, right? So now I'm living these multiple lives. I got this woman over here, this woman over here, this woman over here, this woman over here, right? Boom. But see, I got smart, and I learned square girls is the ones that's going to do the time with you. These street females, they ain't once you go, it's the next nigga turn. You know what I'm saying? They ain't staying down, right? So I always kept me a square girl, right? Because (laughs) I knew I was throwing rocks at the penitentiary. I knew that I was only a matter of time that I was going to go back locked up. You know what I'm saying? So I keep me a square girl on deck right? Boom. And so now, when I come time and get locked up again, now it's the new girl on deck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And so now, I'm so I'm so ashamed and guilt-ridden about what I done did. I done let my parents down again. I done told them how it was going to be different, this, that, and the other. So I can't even pick up the phone I don't even got the balls to pick up the phone and call my mom and say, Mama, I'm back locked up. I give this female my mama's number and tell her to call my mama and tell her I'm in the county. My mama don't know this female from Jane. You Mm. know what I mean? Some random female to her, calling her, telling her that her son is back locked up. You know? And then, you know, my mom would tell me, she was like, you know, I get more rest when you locked up than when you out. Facts. It wasn't until I got sober did did I come to understand the stress and the strain that I put on my mom 25 years. 25 years that I was out there in the streets, running and gunning, she used to tell me. She said, "I wake up at three, four o'clock in the morning to watch the news to see if I'm gonna find out that my son didn't either hurt somebody bad, or or he'd been hurt bad or killed. What kind of what kind of what kind of way?" Is that for your mom to live? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, and then to be able to be at peace because she know her son is in prison? Because at least I don't got to worry about where you wondering where you at on the streets.
0: A lot of moms. That's a lot of moms, boy.
2: Man, look, you know what I mean? And so now, so now I give my parents, I, I live at my parents' house. You know what I mean? I give my parents a living amends. I owe that. I owe that to them to be able to live there and let them see my life up close and see where they get to just sit back and enjoy the ride. That when I dart that door, when I go out that door, they worried about where I'm at. they know I'm going where I'm going. And they know I'm going to be where I'm going to be. And they know that wherever I'm going, it ain't on no no riffraff. It ain't on no BS. My word means something today. I built my word back up. They can trust me. Man, big bro, I tell you like this. I kid you not. Now, you remember I told you how I stole my parents' car and whatnot, right? So I was untrustworthy. I'm the, I was the type of kid, I took my parents' car, my mama had a toy on a Celica. I took my parents, my mom's Celica, was driving it and whatnot, and then went and hid it, and then helped them find it.
1: <laughs> Come oh, man. Parents, mm-hmm. that's,
2: that's the kind of kid that I was. You know what I'm saying? Bro, it's, so I, I wasn't trustworthy. Right? So I never got the opportunity or experience to be allowed to drive my parents car right? Do you know when that first time happened that first time happened 2017 I'm out of prison. I'm sober right? And I was with a mess, I was with a female, and she was playing with me with her car, like trying to use it in control, right? And my mom was like, and she seen that what I was going through. So she was like, she was like, where you gotta go? I was like, I gotta go to Woodland. I gotta go speak at an AA meeting in Woodland. So she was like, Oh, okay. So I went upstairs. She called me back down. She said, get the keys. Uh-huh. She was like, get the keys. She was like, you drive my car to go do what you need to do. You don't need to have, let no woman have that kind of control over you. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, She was like, you can drive my car. I wasn't even a year out of state prison yet. But based on my behaviors and what I was doing, And and showing them, you know what I mean, not for them, but just for me, the journey that I was walking, you know what I'm saying, that I had become trustworthy, that I had regained my parents' trust in me, you know what I'm saying, to the point that, bro, my mom's 70th birthday, my mom's 70th birthday, we threw a surprise party for her at the house, My sister planned it. My sister Marquita planned it and everything, right? Bro, after my mom's birthday, my mom told me, she said, son, this is the best birthday I have ever had. And I was like, I was like, why? She was like, because I got my son back.
1: Hmm.
0: Wow. Man.
2: Words, words that I had longed to hear my whole entire life. My whole entire life. Acceptance, worthy, that I am enough. You know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. I do.
2: It was priceless, bro. It was priceless. Unexpected, it was priceless to hear those words come from my mom and say, I got my son back. Bro. And I never looked back, bro. I never looked back. I continued to march. So when I drove my parents' car, right? So then my mom started letting me have the car, right? I took a female out, bro. I was in tears. Because when I took this female out, it felt like I was 16 years old in high school, and taking a girl out for the first time, driving my parents' car at, <laughs> at mind you at 45 years old. So what I didn't experience at 16, 15, 16, 17, I experienced at 45. And it Almost was just like, and it was and it was just and it was just like as if I was 16. You know what I'm saying? Like, the feeling of it, it was, it's priceless. You know what I'm saying? And so it just, man, It's it, it, it's been roses, bro. It's It's been trials. Don't get me wrong. It's been trials. You know what I'm saying? Because that's life. Test mm. is only the journey to the testimony. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, you know, I, 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 I don't walk through adversities. You know what I mean? Sober. Sober. You know what I'm saying? I got sober in prison. This year, this year, bro, when I got out of prison in 2017, after 20 years of going in and out of prisons, that was my 19th state prison that I walked out of, that I've done time in over a course of 20 years. So, you know, I got a lengthy (laughs) rap
0: sheet. Right.
2: Check this out, bro. This year, March and in August, I went back inside the state prisons speaking. Full circle. Full circle. You know what I'm saying? It's like what you talked about in that podcast. You know what I'm saying? About Mm -hmm. finding your purpose. It's, it's, it's just beautiful. You know what I'm saying? To to see and to go through all that I had to go through to find me. So I had to totally lose Marcus to find Marcus. And I found Marcus in one of the most God-forsaken places, state prison. And I told my sister, I told my sister Angie, I told her when I was in Tracy in in reception center, I said, look, ain't nobody going to be ready for who's returning. And she was like, what you mean? I was like, ain't nobody going to be ready for who's returning. She's like, what you mean by that? I said, because everybody is focused on who left. That's the markets they know. That's the markets they remember. So they're not gonna be ready for this new Marcus. And that's okay. Because what I'm doing, I'm not doing for nobody else. I'm doing for myself. So in time, in time, people will be convinced in their own way. Like you seen TY had talked to you, like, Mm -hmm. man, Marcus ain't drinking no more. He, you know what I'm saying? He cross-country, he he traveling, you feel me? So People get convinced when they get convinced. All I got to do is keep living my life. Keep walking my journey. Keep walking my path. To dine on self, be true. You know what I'm saying? Period. That's why a lot of all my posts is say, stay in my own lane. Stay in my own lane. You feel me? Because God gave me a lane. See, God gave me a vision. If you look up Acts 2.17, He speaks about that. The prophet Joel, you know what I'm saying? He speaks about how God's spirit will be poured out in the last days. You know what I'm saying? And your young men shall dream dreams and some will see visions. Right? Bro, God gave me a vision when I was in prison. And he's told me, he said, look, with this gift that you have now discovered, Jeremiah 29 11, right? With this gift you have now discovered through the 12-step process, are you willing, whatever door that I open up to you, are you willing to walk through that door and share this message that you have discovered within you? I said, yes, I am. He said, well, buckle up, because your life is never going to be the same again. In the six and a half years that I've been out of state prison, bro, This has been the best years of my adult life. The best years of my adult life. You know what I'm saying? I have spoken in front of as many as 400 people at a time. The the places where he has taken me to, the doors that he has opened up to me, I couldn't even, even fathom it but God is God is true to his word he cannot break his word you know what I'm saying period and all I did is live life one day at a time my son my junior he'd been skateboarding since he was three years old he fell in love with the board his babysitters in the in the complex that he stayed in they was um, skateboarders. So they introduced him to the board. So very early on, like if you go to my team page, you'll see pinned on my team, on the Team Atwood page, you'll see pinned a young video, like 15, 20 seconds of my son skateboarding. He fell in love with it, three years old. You could not pry him from that skateboard. You know what I'm saying? So, over the years, he developed. But mind you, I've always been in my son's life, but I ain't always been productive in my son's life. You know what I'm saying? And so, as the years was going, I was in the streets doing, you know what I mean, what I was doing or whatnot. But when I got locked up this time, And I called out, called home, and I found out that my son and his mom was homeless, living in a car, living in motels where I was living at when I was in my drunken stages. You know what I'm saying? You know, it got so bad with me with alcohol that I was contemplating suicide. I mean, I sent Angie and them pictures with me holding a gun, ready to blow my brains out. You know what I'm saying? like That's how deep and that's how dark it got with me and alcohol. You know what I'm saying? So when I was in prison and I was calling uh, called home and found out, I was like, man, this is my son. You feel me? Because all my life, I wanted a son. I wanted a son that I could give my son what I didn't get. But I didn't know how to give that to him. I didn't have the skill set to give it to him. I didn't have the emotional stability to give it to him. I didn't have the mental capacity to give it to him because I was still a boy. You know what I mean? In a man's body. I was a man child. You feel me? But it's saying Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. You feel me? Mm -hmm. so when I was in prison and I was going through this transformation I made it up I said man I ain't never leaving my son again I I, I ain't I ain't doing it I ain't forsaking my son again you feel me and I told him I said I will never put myself in a position to be taken from you like this again never and I came home and I made good on it I made good on it and it wasn't easy it wasn't easy reintegrating into my son's life because his mom didn't have structure so when I stepped back into the picture I got structure so he bucked you know what I mean Mm-hmm. I'll put it to you like this. When I got out of prison, my son's transcripts was trash. He had more days absent than he had present at school. You know what I'm saying? So, I kid you not. So from, let's say, fourth grade, fourth grade, to he's now Ninth grade, right? My son is an honor roll student.
0: <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> That's what's up, man.
2: Hey, but the thing about it, and like Ty, like Ty told me, he said, Man, you and your son is cohesive, y'all complement each other. You know what I'm saying? And y'all got a new energy. Y'all bringing a new energy to the streets. You know what I'm saying? And the last time I had seen him this year, we was in SAC. And uh, we met up or whatnot. We was in the parking lot from this one spot. And he was like, and he kind of staggered off the curb. And he was like, he's like, I ain't going to lie. He's like, you doing it. He's like, you doing it, bro. You went to your lowest of lows and pulled yourself up. Pulled yourself up and climbed your way out that pit. And and even once you made it out the hole, you just kept climbing, kept climbing, kept climbing. He said, bro, you doing more and a lot of cats that ain't never even been to prison (laughs) he said bro you all over the country you and your son y'all got a movement he said you got clothes that people wearing from Cali to New Jersey to Florida he said, "Bro, you you doing your thing." He said, "Man, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, bro." He's and I'm like, "Man, bro, it's all by the grace of God. It's all about it. We started, bro. We started this clothing line. We just closed out two years. November marks." the new year for us, we just closed out two years. We started this closing line in 2021 from a vision and a leap of faith and no budget. Hmm. No budget. The first two months, the first two months, we sold between November 1st to the end of December, we sold over 300 hoodies. And that's and that's all pre-order.
0: Yeah, and that and that's incredible.
2: <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like, bro, like that out the trunk hustle. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the era we come out of. Out the trunk hustle. You know what I'm saying? And so I just, man, because everybody had already, I have been. Saying the saying, Team Atwood, Team Atwood. This was even when I was in Facebook. You know what I'm saying? I was Team Atwood, Team, and it'd be me and my son. Me and my son. You know what I'm saying? Boom. And so then when I when I came with the, the idea of the clothing line, I was like, Team Atwood. That's the name. You know what I'm saying? And then boom. It was born. You know what I mean? And it's t- like I said, we opening up three years now that we've been that we've been going without a budget and just pushing. You know? And I, I, I'm just grateful, bro. I'm grateful. Yeah. Man, we got we got so much love around the country, bro. From going this is our first year. We did the amateur tour, right? And bro, like the love that we got from other parts of the country where they was like, and the first thing they say to my son, do you realize how blessed you are with the dad that you got behind you? Because mind you, on the amateur circuit, it's only two black daddies. It's only two black daddies. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So everybody that's of color, when they talk to my son, with my son, they like, do you realize how blessed you are, in everything that your dad is doing. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like, man, bro. It's it's a blessing. Hey, you know you know Buzz Burgers. Yeah, in the town. That's one of that's one of my son's sponsors. This year, this year, they gave my son two thousand dollars.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's on! Shout out to Buzz Burgers, you know, and Staple and Vallejo. We all grew up on Buzz Burgers. So, hey, I mean, I if you ever going through Vallejo, look up Buzz Burgers. Hey. and hey.
2: <laughs>
0: You can't see hey, right bud. now, but he holding up. He holding hey. up a bag with buds in it.
2: Hey, hey I just had Buzz Burgers, right? <laughs> hey, bro. Hey. And hey, the cool thing is I pull up and they got a big old banner in the window Happy fifty year anniversary. Mm. That's how long. So Bud's been around since I was one years old. Mm. Mom and Pop spot.
0: Yep. And Vallejo. And now
2: I grew up on Bud's. My son is from Sacramento. He he didn't grow up on Bud's. He from Sacramento. He know about mm. Bud's because of me, right? And now, Bud's is helping the future of my son the blessings and look a lot of the bars in sacramento see me at my worst drinking i got like five different bars that's sponsoring my son
0: that's what's up man and shout out to all those bars man and shout out to everybody who's supporting you uh Shout out to everybody who support me. I mean, people don't realize how big support is. And it always is not just writing a check. That's what people, you know, they hide when you say I need your support. They think it's a money-oriented thing. That's not it. You know what I mean? Just support me. How Whatever that looks like to you, that's all we ask for is support, especially when somebody doing something positive, right? So I always, man, anything out of the V. Yeah.
2: Advertising, sharing a video. Yep. You know what I'm saying? If you think it's something that somebody can benefit from, you feel yeah. me, turn them on to it. It's all type of ways that that's you it. can support somebody. It ain't always about financial. No, you know that's
0: I mean? the least. Of, yeah, we all we got, <laughs> you know? We all hey, we got.
2: I'm So team, right? Team mm-hmm. is really a village. That's what a team is, right? The village mentality, right? So they see me because I'm on the forefront, right? But it's a team. It's everybody that's behind this. Mm -hmm. It's everybody that's pushing behind this that makes what the team is. You feel me? Because team is an acronym. Together, elevating Mm -hmm. all members. So it's the collective whole of everybody working together, which is elevating my son to higher and higher heights, bro. We've been on the we've been on the news in Sacramento this year. We was on CBS News. We was on Good Day Sacramento. We was on the radio stations with J King. You know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. uh. My son, they just did a newspaper article. My son was in the Sacramento Bee, right here, right before we went to Tampa Bay. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, bro, this year. And I called it. I called. I told Mizark. Mizark the barber, New Year's Eve, 2022, coming into 2023. I stopped in his shop on my way to Milpitas to party with Mac Mall. Mac Mall had a show in uh, San Jose. And I stopped in a bar shop and I told him, I said, Bro, 2023 is going to be the breakout year for Team Atwood skateboarding. And boy, did we kick the door open this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I, man, we came back. We came back from Tampa Bay trip 2022 with no money in our travel fund, exhausted, none. Right? I asked my son on the plane. I said, son, what you want to do in this upcoming year going forward? He's like, dad, I want to do these competitions. I want to do these amateur competitions. He's like, these are the ones that's going to get my name up. These going to build my points up. These are going to open up more opportunities. So when the plane landed in SFO, I hit the ground running. I hit the ground running. And you know, I got old school dope track hustle you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying so now all i did was have that that mentality but with a different product right
0: that's what's up yeah and that's just a a collaboration like you said finding marcus and just refurbishing and repolishing marcus just taking all those skill sets and now they're transferable to what we see here and it's also taking that addiction right you never lose that. You just point it in a different direction. Now you're addicted to your son. You're addicted to success. You're addicted to positivity. And once we harness that and we put it in the right direction, it's endless. You know what I mean? And that's just gonna keep feeding. It's gonna keep feeding. And the benefit is it's not a financial benefit. It's the the benefit, at least from my perspective, is just a joy, right? Because ain't no ATMs and no hearse right? And I can buy a car right now for my kid, you know, but when he dies or when that car is gone, that's gone. But what I can give to my kids non-material, that's priceless. And that's what lives on as our legacy, right? It's not a material thing, right? If my grandmother gave me this priceless ring and I lost the ring, I'm not tripping off the ring. You know, my grandmother not tripping off the ring because she didn't give me the physical. It was the thought of what this meant to her that she the transaction of giving is where the joy came from. It's not the thing. And people get so caught up in the thing, but it's not the thing. And once you elevate and you mature, like you know, it's 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 a joy and a blessing to really understand what it's like to be. I won't just say a man or a woman, just an adult, right? When you hit that point where you are now an adult there's no bigger joy in life and people can see it. You look different. When you walk in the room, they ain't seen you come in, but they can feel you come in, right? It's just like before. Before they would feel you come in and there was some other type of feeling, right? But now when they feel you come in, it's a positive feeling and it's also the joy of, you know, like us connecting. I ain't know all your story. I don't care about that. i I at the new Marcus, right? Cause that's what you attracted, you know what I mean? You, you need to attract the baby for I'll shout out uh, baby Frank. Because he got a story too, right? Well, everybody got a story. Rick Nelson, yeah, I support I buy C Moss. You know what I mean? If somebody got something positive yeah. to give, why ain't you supporting them? Especially if it's something that, that's positive and the product is there. I ain't never free downloaded any enough 40 music. I paid for every song I got. You know what yeah. I mean? And and when yeah. I see 40, it's love. Do you know? And that's yeah. what more of us need to do man we really you know we ain't got a lot of time left and here people like you and I we trying to fill our sequels up right because it's, it's a it's a cold world now the world was cold back then but this world is ice cold you know right. what I mean it's, it, it, it is ice cold and there's a a, a vi- we had back then you got a virus it was the hood virus right but now this is uh, you can't have unprotected Social contact, you know, unprotected sex back in the day was the only thing we knew. But now, unprotected social contact, that's deadly. You know, yeah. that's deadly. So, I mean, shout out to you. You know, I watch your son. You know what I mean? It's just its just a trip to see the transition and just to see, you know, through your lens now and just to see everything about you and what people don't know. They're going to hate this. They're going to hate this part right here. It's the, the most joy I get when I see you. Is when you're wearing, y'all ready for this, fans? When you're wearing the cowboy gear, (laughs) yeah. How about the boys? You know what I mean.
2: How about about the boys?
0: It's only a few of us, you know, tucked here and there in the midst of all these Raiders and Niners.
2: Hey man, hey, I'm a diehard. You feel me? Yeah, me
0: me too. Since 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 Similac, you know, You know what
2: I mean? Since I can hold a football, Mm -hmm. I mean, running through the running through the pack and. Black man tackled Tony
0: Dorsett. Yeah, yeah. Tony said Robert Newhouse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. You feel me? So yeah, yeah man. man. It's, it's just it's it's the journey, man. It ain't the destination. Mm-hmm. It's the journey, and you know what's so called? is that this right here, the second part.
0: Hmm. Read it, it out. Tell them what to say. Tell them what to say. It
2: ain't, it ain't, it ain't no. What I'm saying is it ain't. They ain't even there. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like. Remember when I said about black sheep turn goat? You feel me? So, you know, when the cool thing about people, and especially family, you know what I mean, when they don't have a hand in your success, you know what I'm saying? They feel like you ain't gonna make it without them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, you get to see the true colors. You know what I'm saying? And, And I found that out early on. And God showed me for a reason. He said, I'm showing you this for a reason. So you can see the snakes. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it's going to hurt. But you get to make the choice. You can well, you can remove them out your life now or you can continue to let them bite you. Well,
0: you know the cold part about that is the cold part about that is, you know, and you made reference to it before, you know, you went through a storm. And the beautiful part about a storm is when it's done, it forces change. Storm clears out things, you know, and storms leave you that when a storm is done, it leaves you with, well, first of all, it shows you how strong, weak or prepared you were. It shows the truth about the people you chose to surround yourself with because you surrounded yourself with a hundred when a storm cleared out, you know, like you was, uh, the, uh, reference you made to the square chicks, right? When the storm clears out, they still there. They always believed in you. You know what I mean? So a storm forces change. And a storm doesn't rain on, it doesn't hover on nobody. It hovers on somebody, you know? So that's the power of a storm. And, you know, people go through them all the time. Marital, financial, yeah. physical, health storms. But, you know, if you just keep on rowing, the sunrise mm-hmm. comes in the morning.
2: It's one thing. It's, see, it's one thing about these steps, the 12 steps. See, when I was in prison and I was getting sober, it allowed me the opportunity to step out of the, the dynamic, the dysfunctional dynamic of mm-hmm. the family structure. So it allowed me the opportunity to step back And look at it, and now I'm looking with a different lens. Like you said, I'm looking with a different eye set now. You know what I'm saying? And so now I see the dysfunction. You know what I'm saying? And now I don't want to go back into that, you know what I mean, into that dynamic. See, now I got a voice. I discovered my voice, right? And now I'm not an extra no more. You know what I mean? I'm not an extra in somebody else's movie. I got mm. my own movie now. And even better than that, I got a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Because I got a movie, my son got a movie, and then we got a father and son movie. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we got a three-part, we got a three-part movie, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. going on. You know what I'm saying? So why would I, why would I? give up my voice and give up my position to be a nobody and an extra in your movie.
0: Yeah. You ain't the tree no more. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: You ain't the you, tree no more. Just, you, 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 you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So, cause see, I've always, I've always had a shine. Even in my dysfunction, In my chaotic ways, Mm -hmm. I've always had an aura about me. You know what I'm saying, right? But now that I've really discovered me, now my aura is even more bright. And now those who was quote unquote limelight or whatever, you ain't the star of this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying. And what's so called in this y'all could have been a part of this, you know what I mean? But truth show the the jealousy and the envy. Yeah. The jealousy and the envy. Yeah. You know what I
1: mean?
0: So yeah. So I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna ask you one question, right? And this is a question I ask everybody on my show. But before I get to that question, uh, I just want to personally say uh, thank you for finding yourself, because this dude that I'm talking to right now is someone that the world really needs right now. So shout out to you, shout out to Team Atwood, shout out to your boy, shout out to every the whole team, not just you, every everybody in the, in the back, because that's where the work is done. Um. So my question to you that I ask everybody on the show is what makes you necessary?
2: What makes me necessary is that everything that I went through from birth to that, to that fork in the road, it it, it wasn't a waste. It wasn't wasted. It wasn't for nothing because now, because now it was all, for a greater good to be able to help others to be able to help others that have come down the same pathway that I've come down you know and and feel like don't nobody understand or ain't nobody experienced what you know I've experienced what they've experienced when it is others that have experienced that you know what I mean and now I give a light like that's in a dark tunnel for others to see their way out. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's necessary to be that light in the trenches. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I do. I, I'm not one of them scary Christians that hide in a church. You know what I mean? I, God cleaned me up in a prison. In a prison. A filthy, awful, God-forsaken prison, right? He did it for a purpose because he knew that was my preparation to go back in these streets, to be the messenger and go back in the streets and be that light and be that soldier that he knew I was going to be, to get on that front line and knew that I ain't got to change no more. I ain't got to be that chameleon no more. I can be Marcus Atwood, whether you accept me or you don't, but who needs it is going to receive it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I've helped people out of bars into Alcoholics Anonymous. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it was necessary. I'm necessary because God knew. That's why I survived everything. That's why I survived everything because he knew what he had planned for me. And he knew what I was going fulfilled for many are called but few are chosen you One know thousand. I mean? mm-hmm. you feel One me
0: thousand. i do i do i feel you so once again my guy marcus atwood has been a a pleasure and a joy this is the i am necessary podcast i'm your boy marcel if you made it wrong make it right be needed be necessary and we're out